Hello again, running friends. It's James here again, and I'm back with another one of my daily running podcasts. I was actually contacted today over on Twitter by one of our listeners who made a very valid point. The point that lots of us are, um, you know, perhaps we're training for marathons, training for half marathons. We've been running for some time, which is Again, fantastic to be able to look back and uh, and see how far you've come since those beginner days where we first decided that we wanted to start running. But not everybody's in that particular boat. There are plenty of people out there who are perhaps listening towards the beginner end of their journey at a point where they're just starting to get into running, beginning to find a bit of a groove with their training and come up against a number of the beginner issues that a lot of us can relate to. A lot of us can look back on and in many cases, myself included, can look back on in the context of having made some mistakes and found things out the hard way and uh, yeah, learning learning through our mistakes. So what I wanted to do today was talk a little bit about a few areas that hopefully any beginners listening to this will find helpful and will hopefully help you navigate the whole journey on your introduction to running. So that's where we are today. That's what I want to talk about today as we get into this. If you do know anybody who is specifically getting into their, um, their, their, their introduction to running, anybody who you know you've had conversations with in recent times has expressed an interest in getting into running, please do feel free to share this episode because hopefully there'll be a few little nuggets which will help people in terms of their uh, their, their, their starting out and getting into this fantastic, uh, fantastic world, this fantastic community that we have here. So I want to talk a little bit around um, some, some little topics that I've certainly found helpful over time and that I know others have found helpful over time. And the first one being the kind of workouts on the uh, on the introduction to running program that I usually give people and the frequency of those workouts because one of the big issues we see with new runners unfortunately is injury okay the the way in which we're taking the body of a you know a potential runner somebody who hasn't been consistently running or perhaps even hasn't been consistently exercising over recent times and suddenly putting them into a situation where they're partaking in a, a high impact activity which is what running is which is also very um repetitive so the loading is very very repetitive so if there's an area that might be getting overloaded because of something technique wise or something even footwear wise then too much, too soon will cause that overload potentially. And we start to see a lot of the your typical kind of beginner type injuries in inverted commas. There are certain injuries which are more prevalent in runners on the, the early part of their journey. Things like shin splints. You see a lot of cases of shin splints in beginner, beginner runners or people on the, the early part of their introduction to running. So we can make sure that we're very specific about how we actually progress someone from zero into the returns, into not the return to running, rather, sorry, into the introduction to running. I say return to running, it, it trips off my tongue because actually the return to running program that we often use for people coming back from injury, where we need to nurse people back into the loading, is the same as the program that I often give people in the, um, in the short term as um, their, their introduction to running program. So run walk is a very, very powerful way of starting to monitor that loading and progressively over time increase that loading. So let's say if it is a runner who is getting back from injury, let's say it's a a stress fracture perhaps, and we want to be very careful with the amount of loading they do, it's the same process we work through there 
as someone who is starting out for the first time. So starting out and working through one minute run, one minute walk, times six to 10 in that first session, and then repeating that three times in the first week on non-consecutive days, all at a very, very easy pace is the way we start out. And then from there, we can increase the amount of running in each one of those bouts and decrease the amount of walking in those rest periods in between. And across a 12-week program, and it's the same 12-week return to running program, in fact, that I mentioned a a good few episodes ago now, but certainly a couple of weeks ago, that I will link in the uh, show notes to this episode. It takes you through a progression to the point where all of a sudden you're going from doing a walk-run progression to then doing 20 minutes non-stop running to then build that up over 12 weeks to a point where you're doing half an hour to 40 minutes of non-stop running. So builds up very progressively. And there are lots of different forms of walk-run you can do. There are some fantastic uh, Couch to 5K apps you can get. There are lots of different start running programs that you'll um, you'll find if you if you look up in many cases especially if you live in a, a fairly populated area let's say you live here in Norwich or you live um, down in London if you've got a number of running clubs around you I'll bet that one of those running clubs will have a beginners program where they have specific um, specific coaches, specific group leaders who will, on a specific set of nights in the week, have a beginners group which are progressively working through, in many cases, run-walk um, run walk progressions to the point where the goal is to get you running a non-stop 5k as that first kind of first kind of benchmark, first tick in the box, which then sets you off fantastically into your uh, in, into your progression run-wise. Again, as I mentioned, the big thing to avoid is injury. So with these, non-consecutive days are a great way to go. Gives you plenty of time in between your runs, your run-walk sessions to let your body recover because recovery is key. And of course, not just are we focused on the frequency with which you're running, the intensity is super important. Let's keep it really, really, really easy. Okay, let's keep it slow. Partially, because of the uh, you know the the effect that running at more speed has on your joints and your soft tissues, you know the far, as we start to build up pace, it's going to put a little bit more impact through the system. But also, as we start thinking about the way in which um, on more of a cardiovascular level, we're starting to stress the system as you push the pace. The big thing to get your head around as you start out as a runner is getting into the comfortable rhythm of running easy, running with your breath under control. So many beginner runners really, really struggle to control their breathing rate, and it does take a bit of time. But again, a tick in the box and a real feeling of a breakthrough that so many people have is that point where all of a sudden they realize what it is to be able to run in control, run at a point where, again, you have your breath so that you're able to able to talk. It may be a few words at a time, but at least you're able to talk rather than be completely out of breath. And the only way to get there is to take your foot off the gas, okay, to slow it down. And it may feel like you're running very slowly, but guess what? Once you've got that control, once you practice then running slowly, you'll find that over the next, let's say, six weeks, 12 weeks, the pace that you're able to run at while still running in control, will get faster and faster and faster over time. And it'll feel to begin with like you can uh, you can never imagine yourself running. You're running uh, with control of your breath and everything feels like you're, you're very much 
grasping or gasping for your breath, but it will come with a little bit of practice. And it, you, it may well be that you need to start slower than you think. Okay, so the next thing that I really want to focus on is, again, the importance of listening to your body. Okay, so the so there are some kind of golden rules we can work with. And again, this is still very much with the the specific focus of avoiding injury, because this is you know, injury is the biggest thing that ruins the whole experience for so many beginners. Okay, so we need to listen listen to our bodies. We need to appreciate that sometimes you're going to finish a finish a run, wake up the next morning, um, and you're going to feel a few aches and pains. And to a degree, especially on one hand, when you're just getting into running, and then actually, as you then get to a point where you're you've been in a comfortable place with your running, and then you're trying to take your running onto the next level. It is to a degree normal to have an ache and a pain here and there. But again, usually with a little bit of rest, those aches and pains should subside and you'll learn the difference between something which is just, you know, feeling a bit stiff, a little bit sore after a hard training session versus something which is starting to feel like it's getting worse, something to feel like it's beginning to turn into a specific injury. Either way, a good rule of thumb is to say not to run on sore joints. Okay, if you are specifically sore, whether it's your knees, whether it's your ankles, whether it's your hips, whether it's your back, if you're sore after a run session, again, don't force yourself to get out the next day and again, run on that on those sore joints or indeed sore muscles. You know, let's say if we're very tight through our calves, or perhaps it's not muscular, perhaps it's more kind of tenderness. So perhaps you're sore through your Achilles tendon. Again, don't just get out and run the next day, or perhaps you know, give yourself a give yourself a couple of days off. You know, we're looking to get into a regular habit, not a habit where you all of a sudden you know burn too fast and then burn out, if you like. You know, we don't want to get into a habit where you've gone hell for leather with this and then given yourself an injury and and give up. I'd much rather you give your body an opportunity to recover and then get into the next session. So allow time for recovery. Super, super important. As I mentioned, if if a pain or an ache seems to be getting worse, then getting yourself to a physio is really important. Getting something assessed, even if it's a case of getting an assessment and being told that, you know what, actually, this is okay. You don't need to worry too much, but you do need to just perhaps stretch a little bit more rather than having an assessment six weeks later where that little ache and pain that had been nagging and not dealt with turns into a full-blown injury. Again, you'll wish you'd been to see the physio prior to that. So do make sure you get anything checked out if you're not sure. And again, another simple little um, diagnostic is the wrong word, but another simple kind of rule of thumb test is to, when you are feeling various aches and pains, ask yourself if it feels like there's a bit of a pattern of one side more so than the other being typically experiencing this pain after a session or this ache after a session. If you've done a session, your calves feel tight on both sides or your or your knees ache a little bit on both sides, then, or perhaps your quads feel tight or tired on both sides, then again, that may just be the rigors of the session that you need to give your body time to recover from. But if it's specifically one side that you feel is really quite painful. And perhaps you're developing a little bit of a limp in response to that pain. And it's very much, as I said, one-sided, then that could be a hint that actually there's some sort of imbalance, some sort of problem beginning to build up um, in one particular area. And again, worth getting it checked out. So I hope that, hope that makes sense. Um, now, the next thing I wanted to talk about, again, is the whole concept of running to get fit versus getting fit to run. And I want to uh, very quickly kind of 
just bring this up and, and talk about the importance of the two. So a lot of the time when we decide that running is going to be the answer to the, the fitness goals that we've set ourselves, which is fantastic, a lot of the time that can be born from frustration of perhaps a little bit of a little bit of time of uh, inactivity or perhaps you you're not happy with how your body is right now all those sorts of things and uh, you decide that all right I'm going to get my trainers on going to get out on a regular basis start adding a bit of running in to get fit now that clearly is fantastic but what we need to appreciate as well is that being able to get a good amount of volume in from a running perspective is going to require a certain amount of resilience from your body, a certain, uh, it's going to put a certain demand on your body. So it's important to actually spend a bit of time focusing on getting fit to run as well. And these two things don't have to be done at separate times. We can do these two things at the same time. So perhaps you're getting out, as I mentioned earlier, and doing, you know, three sessions per week, non-consecutive days of gently building your running up from the ground upwards, keeping the pace nice and easy, doing a walk-run protocol. Well, you could also, alongside that, do two or three days a week where you start to do a, uh, a, let's say, a weekly circuit class or a Pilates class or just something essentially that helps to strengthen the really important kind of core region, region around the hips, work on general leg strength, bit of balance, bit of stability work, all those sorts of things would go a heck of a long way to actually building you up as a stronger runner and getting your body ready for when the running volume starts to increase more and more and more. Again, as a a general kind of preventative measure from an injury point of view, regular stretching, regular strengthening, and probably even more so for the most of us the other way around, put more focus on strength and stability and then stretch the areas that feel specifically tight and and bothersome rather than stretching for stretching's sake. I would, I would really, really urge you to do so, um, and get just into a good habit with that because it pays dividends in the long run. In fact, there's a, a link that I put in the show notes to our 30 day challenge, which again is some, some good mobility work, some good stability work, some strengthening work, lots of glute work as well, some core work. Again, a free program which just take, takes you through 30 days worth of um, fairly all-encompassing uh, introduction to strength and conditioning for runners. So definitely, definitely check that out. Okay, I uh, I have got plenty more beginner's tips that I could share, and perhaps I will do in a future post as well, but hopefully this is a great place for us to start out. I'd love to know over on Twitter, for those of us who have been running for a while, what tips you have to share from a beginner's perspective. I'd love to hear them as well. So do let me know over on Twitter, that's at Kinetic Rev. On Instagram, of course, also at Kinetic Rev, and on Facebook, the very same. So Also, the last thing that I want to finish off with is if you are enjoying these daily podcasts, then please do let me know over on the iTunes store. It'd be great if you could leave a rating, um, leave a review as well. Let me know what's on your mind and I'll see you in tomorrow's podcast. Bye now.